Postables, it's Jess from Deliver Me a Podcast. We are so excited to bring this special interview with Kristen Booth to you. Unfortunately, during the interview, we had some connectivity issues, and while Kristen's audio is fine, her video is frozen for most of the interview. We're so sorry about this, but we know you'll still love hearing from her. Enjoy! Hello, Hallmarkies and Postables. Welcome to Deliver Me a Podcast, a spinoff of the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited to bring to you today a bonus episode, a very special interview. I am Jess, and I am your host for today, and we also have Cami with us. Hi, guys. It's a big one today. <laughs> and we have Casey. Hello, everybody. I'm going to try really hard not to fangirl right now because, like... <laughs> We have someone special here Down girl. who actually Down girl. works kind of in this environment behind me, the DLL. <laughs> That's right. And we also have the one and only one of the original four postables, Kristen Booth. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And so um, we've actually never had you on this or the Hallmarkies podcast before. And so usually what we like to do to start interviews is just have you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into acting. Oh, uh, well, let's see. Um, I was 12 the first time I did any professional acting. I got paid $50 for the whole summer to do summer stock, uh, the production of Annie at Huron County Playhouse here in Ontario in Canada. And uh, that's where I caught the bug and uh, realized that I could get paid to pretend to be other people. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I announced to my parents one evening that I was going to quit school and be an actor. And, and they all looked at me like I was crazy and said, well, you can be an actor someday, but you can't quit school. So uh, I kept going. I finished high school, went to, went to theater school, post-secondary, post and then, um, and then uh, went after becoming an actor. So. And I've been very blessed to be able to work in, in something that I love so much. Who did you play in Annie? Oh, I was just a chorus. I was a, I was a, an orphan. Oh. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, I didn't have any lines to start with. And then I ended up with two lines, which says something about. Oh, <laughs> that's vague. <laughs> Hey, and 50 bucks for a 12 year old that's you know yeah that's, that's it right a lot there. of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah right for sure yeah. um did you have a particular actor that you looked up to as you were growing up or that kind of inspired you as you began kind of your acting career you know i i always had always always just been such a huge fan of alan rickman and um, wow. it was actually one of, one of my sort of bucket list items was that I would get to work with him. And, and unfortunately, he passed before that happened. So that, that one I have to scratch off the list as, as being unaccomplished or um, uh, not done. But um, I, I, I don't know what it was about his performances, but he just, every time on screen, he, he brought me in, he drew me in to wherever he was and whatever he was doing. And I, and I bought it. I always bought it. And, um, he's, he's always been one of those people that I've been like, I want to, if I was going to, you know, model myself or look at an actor of what I sort of wanted to achieve, it would, it would be, it would be Alan Rickman. Um, I'm a huge fan of his always will be. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, um, obviously, we all know that you're in Sign Sale Delivered, and you've been in quite a few other stuff as well. Do you have a favorite film or project that's not Sign Sale Delivered that's kind of your favorite to have worked on? Oh, dear. Um, there's many, you know. I, I, again, like, I, I have to say I've been very blessed. I've had a lot of great experiences uh, in my career, um, really great roles to sort of sink my teeth in and people to work with. Um, you know, the Kennedys playing, portraying Ethel Kennedy was a huge highlight for me and, and an incredible experience of, of performers and director and, and production designer and wardrobe and everything. It was just like top, top notch 
mm-hmm. um, talent surrounding me constantly. And, and I mean, as intimidating as it was at the beginning, it just became this wonderful uh, collaboration. And, and I have to, I have to give it to them because as a production, they really didn't make anybody feel uh, un, unwelcome or, or like they weren't supposed to be there. And, and with bigger productions like that, that can happen. You know, there's sort of a hierarchy of actors and, and stuff. And that certainly wasn't the case with the Kennedys. And um, I think a lot of that is um, because of John Kassar, who's an incredible director, uh, also a Canadian. Uh, started out in the business as a camera operator and and became you know this wonderful director and so that that project that that would be sort of on the bigger scale and then and then I did a film which um, a lot of postables uh, have seen and and will see because it's this traveling DVD I don't know yes. if you know about it but yeah it just uh, it's called you just arrived it's, I said, it's, I, it's at my, it's at my house right yep. this second. And I had it a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and I'm getting it next. <laughs> so, so at home by myself with you is a little tiny low budget movie that they, they raised the money for, um, for that film with pocket change. And wow. they, they, yeah. So the, so the, the writer director, one of the writers and the director, his name is Kristen Booth, ironically. Um, and he goes like Chris, but his legal name is Kristen Booth. So that was a joke on set all the time. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And we've stayed really good friends and we always end our emails with like the real KB or the real (laughs) Kristen Booth. Um, but, uh, he used to work at a casting facility where you would go in and put yourself on tape for projects. And, um, he had a little dish on the desk. And, you know, all these actors would come in and put themselves on tape for projects. Pilot season would be really busy. And everyone who would come in would see it and be like, hey, I'm making a movie, put some change in. So people would put change in, you know, and then they, I don't, I think, I'm not quite sure if they had it online as well. It was before Indiegogo. This was like before, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those um, crowdfunding things had been developed. They were right. pretty much the beginning of it, really. Um, and uh, they raised $30,000, I think, and made this little movie. And uh, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my career because not only was I playing this incredible character who was so layered and interesting and complicated and um, adorably flawed, um, but also we were this tiny little crew of people working together in this one apartment building in this one apartment in particular for like three weeks together. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was a really wonderful, wonderful bonding and, and um, a great experience. For it turned out so well. And, and it, and I think it's a, a testament to all those people involved because, you know, it's like, well, who are we going to get there? And two of us on the cast were like, well, I, you know, I could call Gordon Pinson and see if he would narrate. And he's a famous Canadian actor and a famous voice. Mm-hmm. And suddenly Gordon Pinson was narrating. And it was just like that oh, wow. type of thing, you know, it's just like everybody, everybody was so passionate about it and, and willing to help out. And um, so that I would say those two were my favorite. Sorry, that was a bit of a long answer. Oh, you're good. <laughs> and, and what an appropriate movie. I don't want to say too much because they haven't seen it, but um, you know, being stuck at home and, and being afraid to go out is kind of like Romy saying, and it's, it's such an appropriate, like a time appropriate film. It's a little crazy. I know. Right. I think it should have a resurgence on uh, Netflix or something, right? right? Because yeah. it is. It's, it's so timely. I'm so excited to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I think too, if you like have experience with mental health, like there's a bit of humor in that too, that you can see like, oh, I can see myself in that. Maybe not that exact like kind of situation, but you can so identify it in like a humorous and lighthearted way. I think that it does really well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And so speaking of crowdfunding, you, before all the, the pandemic and quarantine stuff, uh, did a little bit of a crowdfunding of your own for capacity. And so can yes. you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of maybe where are your plans to go with it once things return to whatever normal we, we're going to get to at some point? Whatever normal. Well, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Right? It's like, well, all of these things are on hold until things get somewhere back to 
somehow being able to leave your home and interact with other human beings that aren't your family. <laughs> um, so capacity is a project that's really near and dear to my heart. It's, um, it's a, a story that I, I wrote uh, based upon my own experience with family members who suffer from mental illness. I also suffer from mental illness. I suffer from depression. Um, and uh, it runs in my family. And so this is something that I've dealt with or been dealing with most of my life. And um, I, I just felt that there needed this story needed to be told. And I'm not a writer, but one day I sat down and I just wrote this script. And my husband is a writer, so he'll luckily he'll be doing a pass on it before we go to shooting and, and to smooth out the edges and stuff to make sure that it's ready to go. But um, it's a it's a passion project for me in the sense that um, I I'm gonna get to try my try on the director's hat, which I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, the writer in me sort of has come out as well, and um, and I'll be acting in it um, as as well. So it's a it's kind of like uh, I mean it sounds a little bit like um, egotistical in a sense, but it's so it's so the opposite because it's it's a story that I feel a lot of people could benefit from seeing because it's about a woman struggling to hold on to her own mental health while trying to save her sister who also who struggles from a mental illness and I think a lot of times we see things in film where we get to see the person who's suffering from the mental illness but we don't often see how that affects a family unit mm -hmm. and and how that can deteriorate relationships and um, bonds and just the toll that it takes on a on a family who who's not prepared to give up but also is, has reached sort of their limit right mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah That's I can uh, really connect with that because it also mental illness runs in my family as well and so you don't always think about it it definitely affects the family and beyond just yourself and so yeah I think myself and all the postables are very excited to to see that project come to life yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I just can't wait to be able to get out there and make it. And I, I, I just want to say, because uh, I, I have the audience at the moment, uh, uh, such a heartfelt thank you to everyone who contributed. Um, we couldn't have done it with each and, without each and every one of you who contributed and, and not just through, you know, donations, but also through spreading the word. So many people spread the word on social media and, and we reached our goal. And that was mm that was huge. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't expecting to do that. And we did. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the first thing on my list when once, um, well, other than shooting the next SSD, of course, <laughs> of um, course. priorities, uh, priorities. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but, but that's like, you know, that'll be one of the things that I really want to start tackling as soon as I'm able to and, and do it safely, of course. So, um, I, I, you know, I don't know when that will be, but, um, but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly waiting. It's sitting there waiting. So. Absolutely. That's super exciting. Cause that's just a topic that I don't know why, but nobody it's now people are beginning to feel comfortable talking about and they're comfortable, you know, writing books or, um, like stories or films about mental illness. And, um, it's very important. And one of my friends actually is writing, um, she's actually, I think it's in publishing. It'll be published at the end of the year, but she's writing a book, um, called beyond the horizon about a girl who also has mental illness. Um, she struggles with anxiety and I was mm. able to get an arc of it. Um, she was just wanting to get some like feedback and different things. And, um, yeah, it just, it really struck a chord with me because, you know, walking in somebody else's footsteps that you haven't walked yourself or you've, you know, people who have, you know, people who are close to you who might suffer from that. And, you know, how do you, how do you walk about that with them and stuff? So I think that's mm -hmm. so great that, you know, you're tackling that, that aspect. Thank you. 
Well, and having your name everywhere just means you're working that much harder. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's definitely not an ego thing. That means that you're working, you're working double or triple. So. Yes, that's true. Well, I'm lucky because my, my husband is, um, come on as a co-director uh, and uh, he'll edit the project. So it's not just, you know, about telling the story. It's also about us working together, which we've mm -hmm. wanted to do for a long time and we have in the past. And so. Uh, we make it team, so I think it'll show up, you know, in the in the finished product. Absolutely. I think that's so fun. You know, when you get to make <laughs> it a family project. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, going into our big draw SSD. Uh, mm -hmm. first, first thing that we would, uh, wanted to know is, has there ever been in your own personal life, has there ever been a letter that you got that meant a lot to you? I would say, I would say, I would say everything that my grandmother's, my, my, my grandmother had the most amazing, um, cursive, writing like just such so beautiful uh and she would send cards and little notes to me a lot growing up and um i would i would i don't think i have every single one but i definitely have a box full of, of correspondence from my my grandmother and uh i uh i even had my daughter's name tattooed on my ribcage in her handwriting because it's my daughter's oh, name is her um is her maiden name finley is oh. is my grandmother's maiden name and so i have her writing like i that's how much it means to me um or those letters and that correspondence means to me because i actually had it tattooed on my body <laughs> <laughs> i would say you know that was something i always whenever i saw those envelopes in the um, in the mailbox, I, I would immediately recognize that cursive handwriting and know that it was from my Nana Lois and, and, you know, it was just such a, such a treat to receive those. And, and I've, I've kept a lot of them. That sounds exactly like my grandmother. <laughs> my, my grandmother was always sending my brothers and me letters and cards and she would meet people on the plane and then write letters <laughs> and cards to them for years after she, yes. she never met a stranger. <laughs> you know what? My grandmother was very, very much the same way. Always striking up a conversation with strangers <laughs> and, you know, by the end, like wishing them well with their, you know, their child's this or that, or, you know, stay in touch. And, you know, so I, I, yeah, I can relate. It's, it's, I think in some ways I, I, I used to get embarrassed sometimes when I'd be out with her and she'd just strike up these conversations. I'd be like, Nana, nobody wants to talk to you. But, but, it, but it was not the case at all. People did want to talk and it, it was almost, she had this like sixth sense of knowing who really needed to talk and would always end up sort of counseling and, and offering advice and, and an ear and uh, she was a special lady. And I feel like that's something that's sort of, that, you know, has disintegrated a little bit in our society, especially right now for Pete's sake. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like people are so consumed in their, in their phones and their earphones and their, you know, their own lives. And, and we forget to connect with strangers and, and make them friends and, that was something that I now really, really, truly appreciate about, about my Nana. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And Oliver, I'm sure would appreciate that. I'm going to have a little sip of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, every, like co during, since COVID every night at like six, six 15, I'm like, I'm use a little glass of wine. <laughs> Trying to homeschool my daughter has been uh, one of the biggest challenges of my my existence. <laughs> yeah, I think Cammy can agree to that. I, can yes. agree. <laughs> I have rough. I have I have four kids and two of them are in school. <laughs> oh, oh, I I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. it's interesting. It's interesting trying to keep my two little boys occupied. And out of trouble while I 
teach my third grader and my kindergartner. So <laughs> gosh, uh, props to you. Props to you. Thank you. I got one and I'm about to pull my hair out. So <laughs> see guys, I'm not crazy. Kristen. Hey, says no. <laughs> I have a four-year-old who was him with me and I was like, okay, I really need to work. Stop touching me. <laughs> Stop trying to crawl on me. Don't I am that person. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's intense. Mm -hmm. And there's a break, you know, it's like constant. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's challenging. How old is Finley now? Eight. Oh my. Yeah. My, my yeah. oldest is nine. So. Wow. Well, I hope yours likes homeschooling more than mine does. I'll just tell you. I'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll ask her. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. It is a whole new normal, this, this homeschooling thing. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So um, obviously, To the Altar is the last movie in the series for now. And mm -hmm. it's the one that has kind of left the impression for now. It, it's what mm -hmm. has been seared into our brains, if you will. And yes. <laughs> there, there was something about that entire last scene, the dancing, the speeches. It was, yeah, it was just magical. Yeah, I think I <laughs> cried the entire movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. My husband was like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's so beautiful. Oliver just said he loved her. <laughs> Aww. I think I cried in the, I cried during the proposal. I was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what are some of your favorite or most memorable moments? Because yes, it is the most recent, but it's also the one where there are some pretty big moments for Shane. And mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, what are, what are some of your favorite or most memorable moments of To the Altar? Uh, specifically to the altar. Um, well, again, the, uh, I, I call, we call it the B story, the, the story about the letter, um, the wedding dress, all that, uh, deals with mental illness, like we were mm -hmm. speaking about before. So that for me was, um, you know, I thought Martha wrote about that so beautifully and and um with such compassion and thought and um in a way that i i truly think that everyone could relate to which which i think is 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 a hurdle sometimes when we're talking about mental illness it's like some people are if they've never been affected by it or or you know seen it firsthand or felt it what it's like to be ill firsthand, then it's hard to relate to, I think. But, but I felt Martha was able to um, write that story and that character in such a way that um, it, it was accessible. She was accessible and her story was accessible. And I, w I mean, I was just so, it sounds silly, but I'm so proud of Martha and her script. Um, and so that was a huge thing that's a, one of the bigger, biggest reasons that that movie in particular sits, has a special place in my heart, just because she uh, was able to tackle that subject matter with such beauty and compassion and grace. And she, I mean, this is what she does, right? She's just mm -hmm. so good at that and making it something that even people that would be maybe, if, you know, afraid of it or, or unsure or, you know, would go, oh, okay, I, I I never thought of it that way, or I see that side of things, or I understand and I can, you know, maybe I can't say, well, I know what that's like, but I can see how, how hard that is or how that's affected this woman and this family and her daughter. And um, so that for me with, with To the Altar was probably the biggest thing. I remember reading the script around the table and I mean, if you've, at any of my previous interviews about sign seal delivered, I'm I'm notorious for sobbing my face off at, <laughs> at the table read. Um, and in fact, they have like eight boxes of Kleenex on the table, just like and 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 I mean, I think even um, uh, Jeff, who plays Norman, at one point as a joke, put them all in front of me. 
so that you know, like I, I, I do get, I do get emotional. Uh, Martha's writing just does something to me in that way. But that one in particular was like, whoa. So that certainly um, going into it, I was like, we, you know, I felt an obligation to tell this story in a way that um, would would people would be able to relate to and understand. So that, um, but then I would say that. Um, you know, after so many movies and, and the series, the 10 episodes of the one hour and, you know, the fact that Oliver finally comes around and, and says, I love you. Okay, forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, I love you. And then I think, I have to say, I think my favorite part of that whole film is the green tie. <laughs> I mean, I just... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just loved that story about, you know, and, and the way that the, the father and the son told it together and they would finish each other's sentences and Shane just listening and sort of, you know, eating it up and then finding out that Oliver didn't actually have a wedding with Holly, that, that they just, you know, that they went to the courthouse or whatever, there wasn't really a wedding and, you know, all these little things that Martha wove into that, you know, story for Shane and of these discoveries. And, um, I just thought, uh, that green tie when that moment, when she walks down that aisle as Rita's bridesmaid or maid of honor, I should say, um, and seeing that tie and knowing what that means, you know, it like, it's, I just thought that was just some of the best, um, writing and filmmaking you know tools that I've ever seen like to be able to tell everybody what's about to happen with not a word right. was pretty phenomenal and um I love that moment I, I truly love it and I and I loved playing it too because I remember saying to Martha I was like you've really given me a challenge here because this is not my day this is not my wedding day this is not Shane's wedding day this is Rita's wedding day so mm -hmm. I was like I don't want to pull focus from her day you know Shane wouldn't want to do that and so there was this really interesting sort of like fine line that as an actor portraying Shane I had to sort of walk because I wanted to make sure that we we told that side of the story Shane's side of the story and what her realization was in that moment but I, I really was sensitive to it not pulling too much focus from Rita's and Norman's special day. So I thought, I, I mean, I think in the end it, it worked out well. Um, yeah, and, for sure. And then, um, uh, <laughs> I, I also, and this is also, this is all written. This was, this, none of this was improvised or, you know, thought about afterwards. That moment where um, Shane picks up the tie and sort of looks at it and you have no idea what she's going to say. And she just pulls forward into this beautiful kiss and embrace. I mean, I was like, that is a moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, that's, <laughs> and that's Martha, you know, that's Martha that moment. That was not something we came up with, you know, on the day, like I should do this or whatever. That was written in the first draft I read that Shane picks up Ty, looks at it. You know, we don't know what she's going to do and then pulls him in. And it, I just thought that was so amazing. Yes. And I thought you did a fantastic job with the whole wedding scene. Because if it were, if I were Shane and my best friend's wedding and my boyfriend wore, I would, I don't know, scream. <laughs> Especially like, and my thought too is when I saw the green tie and I started hyperventilating myself, I was thinking, <laughs> is he going to like just walk her out like right then and there? Are they going to enjoy the reception? What's going to happen? I couldn't wait a whole reception <laughs> to find out <laughs> with the green tie. Oh, but you know, it was very focused on Rita. I, I, feel, I feel like good. that scene was perfect. There's no other oh, words. Good. It was perfect. And one of the one of the things that I noticed about uh, about that moment, which shows the beautiful relationship between Shane and Rita, is number one, Shane was very toned down. She didn't want to ruin 
Rita and Norman's moment. She she was very subdued. She wanted it to be their day. But then by the same token, at the very end, Rita rushes up to Shane, all giggly and girly. Oh, let me see it again. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, instead of, hey, my day, my wedding. Yeah, you guys got engaged. Cool. <laughs> she, yeah. she just, she acts out of pure love, pure friendship. Yeah. Oh, let me see it again. You know, which means she yeah. hasn't been able to stop looking at it. And on her wedding day, for her to be so genuinely excited, it just spoke volumes about the relationship that Rita and Shane had developed over this entire course. Which, yeah, which no, I thought was you beautiful. Said it beautifully. I, I 100% agree. I, I think it's wonderful to see such an incredible um, female relationship that is so supportive. You know, a lot of in history, a lot of times females are often pitted against each other, right? And mm -hmm. and there's this competition and all that kind of stuff. And and I and I love that Shane and Rita. Don't have any of that and and I and I also love maybe perhaps even more that Crystal and I don't have any of that um and from the get-go we didn't we just really really supported each other um and uh you know admired each other and and became the best of friends so um I I got super lucky did the two of you know each other before sign sealed delivered Nope. Oh, wow. No, we did not. And, and when she first walked in to the table read, I actually, my jaw dropped and my, and I, my actual reaction was I, I knew the director before I'd worked with him before. And I turned to him and I said, what is going on? Because when Crystal walked in, she was just this like bombshell. Like, <laughs> And, and, you know, I'd read the script and I was like, Rita's not supposed to be a bombshell. Like, what the <laughs> heck? And, and the funniest part is that Crystal saw me say that to the director and, oh. and, and said in her head, I know, I don't know what I'm doing here either. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my goodness. Because they did. They cast against type with that which which was great i mean you know martha's talked about casting crystal in that role and that there was something that an energy that crystal brought into that audition mm -hmm. that just was so different and and exactly what she had envisioned for rita and and it's you know and it's true like as soon as we got on set and i saw what she crystal was doing with the character i was like oh yeah okay it totally makes sense yeah <laughs> it paid <It's> off <laughs> Yeah, yes. and uh, Crystal like changes her voice for yes. Rita yeah. too. Because I was like, I saw her in another like I think Hallmark movie or Christmas movie, and I was like, wait, what? Just what? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Who dubbed her? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's amazing. She she really truly created this this very unique and and one character, and it, it's really not who she is. <laughs> so it's really cool. Well, on that note, what is what was your favorite Shane and Rita moment to film? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. Um, hmm. I have to say, I think there was something just so special about that moment into the altar where where we say we love each other and hug each other and and you know, there's this real sense of sisterhood there and and. Um, support and um unconditional love which you know isn't something i think that's rare between girlfriends i really do i i think it's amazing when it when it happens but i do think it's rare i think unconditional love is something that generally is for parents and their children um and uh but i do feel that 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 exists between um and so that i would say would be my favorite moment to shoot with her. I mean, it was really hard not to just ball through that whole thing. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's a toss up between that and it was like group therapy with seafood, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
so what is your going on with favorite moments? What is your favorite Shane and Oliver moment to film? Oh, so many. Um, I actually have to say as an actor, I really love when Shane and Oliver are like butting heads. They sort of test each other and push and, and, and frustrate each other. I, I love those moments between the two of them. Um, and, and several of those. Uh, I hope there will be more. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I want them to, you know. <laughs> I, well, I saw you stir that pot with the postables yeah. on Saturday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I even, I even, po I posted a, I tweeted a picture of a spoon. Like, did, did Engagements give you a spoon? can be broken. <laughs> did, did Fiddly give you a spoon for Mother's Day? Hashtag pot stirrer. I'm not going to lie. I like, I like that aspect of their relationship. And so, um, you know, the thought when some, one of the fans um, brought up Steve and him coming back, oh, bring him back. Let's add a little of that, you know, <laughs> uncomfortable tension. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for me, out of all the scenes that we've shot together, I really love that dance scene in, in, um, episode four mm -hmm. uh i can't remember the name of the episode the masterpiece masterpiece yes mm -hmm. thank you thank you um that that was that was a moment like that took so much work for us to um learn the learn the dance choreography and to practice and to uh to be able to do that in the time we were given and the re you know neither of us being dancers um by any means that that felt like such a a team effort and it felt like a big accomplish accomplishment when we when we got it and and mm -hmm. it you know you watched it and you were like oh wow we we look like we could dance <laughs> You yeah. definitely did, yeah. And I think the beautiful part about that too is you start off the dance as like, okay, we're just comrades like dancing together because we have to. And then all, all of a like sudden, arms like the part. <laughs> it just gets so hot in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I have to say another scene um, in was in higher ground, the letter scene where where Shane is in the chair and and it swivels. And she's mm -hmm. there back in the DLO and, and there's that tension, you know, both of them are, they don't know where the other one is, is, and coming from. And, and is this, is, I love the fact that we start that scene. It's like, is this a breakup scene or is this a, yeah. is this a, you know, mm -hmm. like, let's take this to the next level scene. Like, what is this? And so mm -hmm. I, I loved that, that there was that tension and that, you know, passion that uh, existed not just like the kissing, but the all the stuff that led up to it. Like I, I love that kind of stuff. As an actor, that's like uh, any all those layers. If I get to make a big, huge layer cake, then then I'm happy. Yeah, oh, yeah that's gold. That's yeah. gold. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that is. I think that is my favorite, like moment, higher ground, mm -hmm. the end. Just because I, I love tension in movies. I love them. Yeah tension and I feel like sometimes um especially with Hallmark movies now it seems like there's not a lot of that so yeah. I'm kind of like I don't know craving that you know romantic tension and then you know the pulling spin and kiss like woo. okay I want to I want to know how many oh, I want to know how many takes that took how many takes <laughs> how many takes did that take to get it right to do the in just right and so you guys didn't bang noses or something <laughs> I have to say we we didn't bang noses so that oh, was good it. I think I, I I may have stepped on his foot a couple times but I if I recall <laughs> correctly and Eric might have an, uh, another memory but I think it took three takes I think well, that's that not one bad that, yeah I think that one that's on screen the one that you guys all saw was the third take I think mm-hmm that's not wow. bad at all. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. 
And it was perfect too, because you're flailing your arms and he just takes you and he spins you and it's like- I know, I was so afraid you were going to slap him by accident or something. <laughs> I was like, watch the hands, watch the hands. <laughs> oh, and that deserved a slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of did. <laughs> Yeah, taking his pen back. How dare he? Oh, yeah. Right. So trash. <laughs> oh, I will say for that, the end of that movie too, when um he gets down on his knee to pick up all the letters. Yeah. Totally thought he was gonna propose. <laughs> yeah. See, that's Martha, man. She just is so good at like putting in there where the audience is. Just and then you're like oh you know and I think the other thing that I love that Martha did was our first kiss wasn't on camera and and they and everyone thought oh my god we've been we've been cheated we've, we've waited for this moment for so long you know and she got you guys like she the way she did that was just so she's just she's just so good oh I and I love <laughs> I love being able to say her words I often you know, write to her and go, I just, just can't wait to say your words again, because there's, there's just so much as for me to, to find in her words and to explore. And, uh, there aren't a lot of writers like that, especially in television. Oh, definitely not. And we talk about it all the time, Val Martha, as the, the weaver, we call her the weaver. Cause she just, that's what she does with her words and she makes every word count. And yeah. And it's just always so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are making me like get even more excited about shooting the next one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we want that. We want it really badly. <laughs> well, trust me, so do we. <laughs> I bet you do. So uh, you kind of have already covered this with the unconditional love, but just out of curiosity, are there any other lessons that one of the four postables has taught you through this whole evolving character and the storyline arc? Has there been a particular lesson that Norman, Rita, Shane, or Oliver have taught you? Oh, so, uh, too many to too many to name. Honestly, I feel like um, my experience on Sign Seal Delivered has has. Uh, has changed me um, forever. I mean, I've learned so much, not just about myself, but about, um, you know, uh, other people and, and um, working in a group setting where it's very much about um, making sure that everybody is heard uh, and feels like their voice matters. I mean, each of my relationships with the cast members as, as the characters, so as Shane with Rita, for example, or with Oliver or with Norman, but also myself and, and Crystal and Eric and, and Jeff, like we, there's just this, and Martha too, and everybody involved. I mean, there's just so many uh, again, <laughs> layers to, to our relationships. And, you know, I, I find it, it's really cool because we've worked together for so long now that there are moments where, you know, we don't even have to say anything anymore. Like we just know where someone sits with something and where, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really cool place to be able to go to work because we have this sort of unspoken understanding now because we've all worked together for so long of, of what what everyone needs um, to do their best work uh, and I think that's I think that's really important to learn when you're working and collaborating as a group like that and I and I think I hope I mean postables have said so but you, you know you just never know I think that translates onto screen I think we see it on the screen of these, these four people who, you know, they don't always agree, but they respect each other and they care about each other and they work together. And, and it's a really, really cool, unique um, foursome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite Sign Seal Delivered episode? And what is your favorite Sign Seal Delivered movie? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> okay. 
go back really far. <laughs> Not like I 20 think, movies or anything. Oh, no. It's easier for me to pick my favorite movie. And I think my favorite, no, I don't think, but I know my favorite movie is um, From Paris with Love. Ah. For, for a lot of reasons. Um, there's just something so amazing about when Holly comes back and what that does to Shane and Oliver's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, as an actor, it was so much fun for me to navigate that, um, to sort of figure out what all those feelings were and then, you know, try to portray each and every one because there were so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say, so I would say to, to act in it would be from Paris with love and then I would say as like as a reader or an audience member or someone you know looking at the scripts I would probably say higher ground um I loved the story um Hattie and Gabe and Hurricane Katrina and and loved how Oliver and Shane had reached this point where they thought they had um, have any more any more sort of the tumultuous challenges that and then all of a sudden Steve shows up and just like completely throws that out of whack and I mean I love that kind of stuff so uh, uh, for me as an audience member loved I loved reading that script and seeing all the different things Martha put in there but I don't know there's something special about to Paris from Paris with love that I really enjoyed shooting um, and then as far as an episode goes, oh my gosh. Um, well, while you're thinking, just to let you know, all of the hardies out there, the fans of When Calls the Heart, they're going to love that because Kevin McGarry stars in When Calls the Heart. That's right. And that's right. so all the hardies who are also postables like myself, yes. we, so they're going to love the fact that From Paris with Love is your favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God. Uh, episode, episode, episode. Oh, oh, it's not that hard actually. Now that I can remember, um, the treasure box is my yes. favorite. Yeah, by far. I, I, I remember Martha coming to and I and saying, "Okay, guys, like this is what I want to do. Uh, I want you guys to read these letters back and forth to each other, and you know, it's going to be difficult." to make it interesting because it's just two people in a vault and you know so on and so forth and I remember I still remember it like it was yesterday we were in uh Martha's hotel room and uh Eric and I the letters back and forth to each other to see if it if we thought it was going to work and it was so magnetic and beautiful and tragic and oh that episode is gorgeous i love that one i love that story okay so we have a quick question and i know i'm going off of the question script that we have here but we had (laughs) we had a debate (laughs) we had we so we recap this with um amanda pezet i think her last name is she's festivals um and we had a debate on something that happened in the treasure box so Shane and Oliver are reading the letters back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You get to the last three letters and Oliver reads through that Jonathan says, will you marry me to Uh Catherine? Oliver looks at Shane. These two gals over here, they say that Oliver, that was Oliver's first time flirting with Shane. No, not then. (laughs) This episode, this episode was the first, not that line, not that line, but when, but when they're playing the word game, when they're playing the word game. Oh, was it the word game? Yeah. When they're playing the word game and, uh, and Shane says car and Oliver says berater, that's a Norman answer. And he totally just puts his hand on his cheek and says, I know. And then <clears throat> you know, he, he totally, he totally flirted with her, not on purpose for the first time. And, you know, or yeah. purposefully, I would say he purposefully mm-hmm. flirted with her for the first time and then caught himself and stepped back because mm-hmm. the dancing, he wasn't trying to flirt. There was just 
chemistry there. But yeah. that, but I, I submit, I submit that this is the <laughs> first time that Oliver flirts with Shane and then he stops himself. And then you did mention the, the letter at the end because Oliver yes, looks, he, he he looks has straight, straight at Shane. He doesn't even read it. He and looks he says, straight will you marry me? Yes, looks straight at her and says, will you marry <laughs> me? You know? And Shane is like, because she's reading as Catherine because she knows this is Jonathan's letter, not Right, Oliver. yeah. But still. Feeling. <laughs> but they think it was flirting. I, <laughs> Very I'm passionate about this. <laughs> I would have to agree about the um, the game, the the game between the two of them. That that was def- that definitely was one of the first like intentional flirts between the two of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, <laughs> we've been validated, Cammy. Yes, we have. <laughs> I mean, they thought they were gonna die, right? That's, That's right. This is okay. Oliver, Oliver was allowing himself a little bit because he didn't think he was going to make it out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then a little bit of levity. Are there any blooper stories that stand out? Oh my, you know, uh, there are so many bloopers. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know where they exist. Like I, I really truly at some day hope that somebody puts them all together or um, because there are there are so many bloopers a lot of me forgetting my line um in the martha mouthfuls where i have to like talk about all these dates or stats or things i'm just like oh my god i can't get through this but but i would say i would say the most common blooper would be all of us or one of us uh at some point cracking up because of jeff um we've what heard that not surprise me <laughs> jeff jeff is is such a, an incredible comedian like he is so funny and he has such a dry wit and a quick wit um and often at the end of you know a scene he will improvise something um or even during a scene he'll improvise like some sort of you know um body movement or you know like I think for example in like the Christmas movies you know he's holding the like like that wasn't scripted that wasn't scripted that's Jeff and and that those kind of things happen so often where you know we're all trying to be serious and we turn to Norman to you know give out his last line or whatever and it's just like we can't keep it together and we're we're all just dying laughing um he's just so funny he's he's probably one of the funniest actors I think I've ever worked with I I enjoy his humor um so much because it's smart he's smart smart humor um and then and then I know I talked about this in something else but Crystal Crystal lost her mind laughing so hard that she had tears streaming down her face when Norman was climbing the, um, uh, what, the, the, the conveyor, conveyor belt. belt. Oh, yeah. The conveyor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I remember, I remember watching Norman going, okay, that's kind of funny. It's awkward and whatever, but not, you know, and then turning and looking at Crystal who could barely breathe and had tears just streaming down her face. And, and then we all just started, you know, laughing because poor Crystal was, I don't know what it was about it. Some, something in her, her <laughs> life or her past that reminded her of something or, or just seeing Jeff trying to climb that thing, which was challenging, um, just put her into hysterics. And so that, I would love to see that uh, take of Crystal <laughs> trying to keep it together. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. So speaking of the future of Sign Seal Delivered, of course, everybody and their mama and family members and friends and pets are so excited for a Shane and Oliver wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to take away the spoons. No engagements will be broken in the filming of the next one that we hope, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but going further, from, like, you know, obviously life doesn't end at a wedding. Um, but what is something you'd like to see happen for Shane and Oliver once they are married? Well, first of all, I want some time to pass for 
like their engagement a little bit. I I would prefer. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll just tell you that right now. Um, but I would I would like to to not see them get married in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. I have no control over that. Uh, <laughs> so you know, uh, when uh, when I read the finished um, script, I'll, I'll, I'll be just as um, surprised as everyone else when they watch it. But um, yeah, I would love to see them uh, be engaged for a little bit and try to navigate what that means for them. Also working together and being engaged and then having Norman to be wife and, and all of that kind of stuff. I think that there could be some fun there. Uh, and, and I am a bit of a potster, so I like... <laughs> I would like to see Steve come back and maybe, you know, put some, uh, you know, tension in there. And I don't know how he would come back. Uh, Hmm. Already done the, I need you for top secret. (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny uh, (laughs) missions, but uh, I don't know. I I, I mean, I think, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be great to have them, you know, have to fight for it a little bit more before they walk down the aisle. Um, I also really, really want to meet Shane's mom. I really want to yes. see that and her dynamic. sister. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that dynamic in that relationship. I think there could be a lot of interesting um, things come out of that and how that would affect Shane with her relationship and uh, so on and so forth. So, um you know, I, I would really like to see that mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. But would, I honestly don't know what's yeah. going to well, happen. Rita and Norman, Rita and Norman got two movies engaged. So I, <laughs> I think it only stands to reason that Shane and Oliver get at least one movie where they're just, in, so. where they're just engaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, you know, and that's the other thing. Like I, I, I know, you know, we all would love to see, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more movies. So you know, let's, let's, let's uh, drag this out as long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Who, who would you want to play your mom on, or Shane's mom? Oh, um, I, I, I would, I would really love Jean Smart to play my mom. Oh, I think yes. she would be amazing as Shane's mom. Um, but, th- but, you know, there's, there's lots of, lots of incredible actresses out there, um, that that we could get and uh so but uh, but i you know i remember being asked that question who who i'd let and i thought about it for a long time and and that was who really really sort of won you know won the the vote for me was her i mean there's other ones as well but i i think she'd be such a great casting choice for shane's mother yeah all right. So we had a, quite a few um, fan comments and questions and um, we can, you know, send that off to you. A lot of it is, you know, we love you. We miss you. You're amazing. All of these. Um, but speaking of a fan, something interesting happened. I think it was earlier this year where you and Martha surprised Diane Crittenden's class. Can you tell oh, us a little more about that? Oh, that was a, such an incredible day. Um, Diane and I corresponded via Twitter, um, I think it was in November or October, uh, and she had sent me some of the, she had posted some of the, the writings, little essays and things mm-hmm. that their, her kids had done and, and let me know about what they were doing and how they were used, she was using SSD as a um, syllabus to teach the kids different things and uh, and I just was so blown away by it. I said, this is incredible. Like the fact that you have done this, um, and engaged your kids this way and that they're so, um, excited to learn because of this show is such, it really just spoke to me and really warmed my heart and made, it made me feel like, you know, what we were doing was so much more important than just entertaining people, you know? And, and I mean, I I obviously had moments like that before with my work um, and certainly with SSD because it is such an incredible show that deals with so many different things, um, faith and love and hope and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, this one, I was like, wow, like that's, 
that's amazing. I was so impressed with Diane. Um, and, you know, I just said, I, I, w I would love to come surprise your kids. And she was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, what did I just say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was sincere in that. I thought that would be a really, really fun thing um, to do. And so we talked back and forth a little bit. And I was supposed to, was hoping to do it in January because January tends to be a little bit slower. But then it was a really busy month for me. And, and then she shot off a, an email saying, you know, this day would be great because we're going to watch To the Altar. And it just, it just so happened that that day worked for me. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to book a ticket. And so I booked a ticket and, um, actually I booked, <laughs> didn't there was more than one Mechanicsville in the United States? Oh. So, <laughs> whoops, I booked a ticket to Washington, D.C. And then I was going to drive from Washington, but then realized that that was the wrong mechanic cell because she was in Iowa. Um, so anyway, I had to rebook my ticket. Truth That's kind of a long I, drive. Yeah. Yeah. Just Iowa. a little. That's what Diane said. She was like, um, Kristen, I don't know if you want to drive. And I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, so um, I changed the ticket. And, uh, and then I, and then, you know, I, I got thinking that I was going to do this. I said, Martha has to come. And so I called Martha and I told her what I had done. And she was like, oh, booty, crazy. And I said, yeah, I know. Want to come? And, and then I wrote to Hallmark and I said, listen, you know, this is such an opportunity for you guys to show, you know, the Hallmark audience what this show means to people and what people can do and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's such a heartwarming moment. And so they ended up sending a camera crew. Mm -hmm. um, so it became from this one little sort of like, off the cuff suggestion that I could go and do this. It became this, this bigger thing. And, um, Martha and I, you know, surprised the kids. They had no idea. And it was just, it was just one of those moments in my life. And I think Martha felt the same way. In fact, I know she did. Um, we'll just never forget it because for these kids, it was such a, a moment in their life. You know, mm -hmm. they were just like, what is yeah. happening right now? That, <laughs> what that is these real for them? Here? And so we, you know, we, we answered a lot of questions and we talked to them and then they all got their own signed DVDs and, um, we watched, Martha and I watched to the altar with them and, and we had sparkling apple juice in these little champagne flutes and cake. And it was just, it was one of those, you know, it really made me feel, um, like what, what we were doing was important, you know, like mm -hmm. that, that it really, it really resonated with these kids, these themes and these stories and these characters. And the fact that, that a show like that can reach kids that young was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. I remember watching the, I think it was Instagram live that you yeah. had done. Yeah. And yeah you know, I was sitting there like, oh my goodness. Okay. I, I'm, and then you ended it. I was like, no, <laughs> but that is awesome. And I think there was a girl that was in the front of the class that looked so starstruck. And I'm like, yes, that girl is me right now. <laughs> it's so special. Yeah, there, was some, there was some really sweet reactions. And, you know, I think there was one little boy in the back who, who for a good 15 minutes was just kind of looking around going like, this isn't happening right now. And then, you know, you could see him finally being like, oh, it is happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, is it, was, it was, it was a great, it was a great uh, day. I'm so glad we were able to do it before the global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been so tragic to miss out. Um, so a lot of the other fan questions we've already touched on, um, but one that we haven't, Martha um, Rudzinski, uh, or sorry, Mary, Mary Beth. Beth. Mary Beth. Mary Beth. <laughs> yes, Mary, Mary Beth. Beth. She asks, what are some issues you hope that Martha might write about in, the fu in future SSD films? Oh, such a great question. Um, I, I would love to see Martha tackle uh, racism. Um, I know Ooh. it's, it's a really, you know, hot topic, uh, especially in the United States. So 
Um, I know it would be a challenge, but I think Mar if anybody could do it, Martha could. Um, and then, yeah. And then the other, the other thing with the, with all the controversy this past, um, December with Hallmark and the commercial depicting the lesbian wedding, um, being pulled and then put back on and, and you know, all of that, um, controversy, I would love to see Martha, um, tackle, you know, a same sex story. Yeah, Martha does an amazing job tackling difficult topics. Um, because one we were just discussing a few weeks ago is the um, the one with Lane Edwards, the with Dark the of night. Dark yeah, of night. the darker night, yeah. and yeah. you know it was so beautifully done and very tastefully done too, in such a way that yeah. wasn't offensive to anybody. So, um, yeah, Martha would be amazing at yeah. any of those difficult topics. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's that's all of the questions yeah that we have um we're so grateful that you could come on with us and i think i speak for all postables and that you can you cannot watch sign sale delivered and not leave it changed mm -hmm. <laughs> just the writing and the acting of yourself and and the others it's you just leave it changed and for the better and you learn so many lessons on the way. And so, yeah, thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you have any social media or anything else you would like to share for the listeners? Um, just my, my handle. You can follow me at Kristen T booth. Um, and, uh, that's Kristen with two eyes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, uh, I always, I always love to post updates and, and, uh, about the SSD and maybe they're, you know, they're re-airing something on something and I'll post about that. I'll retweet and, um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot going on at the moment, but, uh, <laughs> once in a while I, I, I have some musings and, uh, yeah. um, some strange photo of a dog or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> and at least we just had our yeah. marathon. So that was really nice to have too. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. Twitter just exploded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm always there to stir the pot. So there you know. <laughs> bringing back Steve or maybe Lester. Yeah. Who knows? Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> who knows? Uh, all right, Cami, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cami Drama Girl. On Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page, and my blog is hookedhardy.com. And yes, I cover postables material too <laughs> and Casey <laughs> where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at Hallmark my words all right and you can find me at Jess BSW blog on Twitter and Instagram or you can follow this podcast at deliver me a pod deliver me a podcast and the Hallmarkies podcast at Hallmarkies pod and Hallmarkies podcast across all social media including iTunes and YouTube so feel free to check all that out um merch store as well we got a lot of fun postable stuff and yeah, we're so excited that you guys get to hear this interview and thank you all for listening and thanks to Kristen for coming on with us. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.